0: Chapter Two of Russian Fairy Tales by William Ralston Shedden Ralston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Part Ten A variant of this story from the Chernigov government begins by telling how two old people were childless for a long time. At last the husband went into the forest, felled wood, and made a cradle. Into this his wife laid one of the logs he had cut, and began swinging it, crooning the while a rune beginning, "'Swing, blocky dear, swing!' After a little time, behold, the block already had legs. The old woman rejoiced greatly, and began singing anew, and went on singing until the block became a babe. In this variant the boy rose a silver boat with a golden oar, in another South Russian variant. The boat is golden, the oar of silver, in a white Russian variant quoted by Anasiev. The place of the witch's daughter is filled by her son, who had been in the habit of alluring to her den by gifts of toys, and there devouring the children from the adjacent villages. Busilaev's historical essays, 1 pages 313 to 321, contains a valuable investigation of Kulish's version of this story which he compares with the romance of the knight and the swan in another of the variants of this story ivanushka is the son of a barunya or lady and he is carried off in a whirlwind by baba yaga his three sisters go to look for him and each of them in turn finds out where he is and attempts to carry him off after sending the baba yaga to sleep and smearing her eyelids with pitch but the two elder sisters are caught on their way home by the Baba Yaga and terribly scratched and torn. The youngest sister, however, succeeds in rescuing her brother, having taken the precaution of propitiating with butter the cat Jeremiah, who is telling the boy stories and singing him songs. When the Baba Yaga awakens, she tells Jeremiah to scratch her eyes open, but he refuses, reminding her that long as he has lived under her roof she has never in any way regaled him whereas the fair maiden had no sooner arrived than she treated him to butter in another variant the bereaved mother sends 3 servant maids in search of her boy two of them get torn to pieces the third succeeds in saving ivanushka from the baba yaga who is so vexed that she pinches her butter bribed cap to death or not having awakened her when the rescue took place a comparison of each of these stories is sufficient to show how closely connected are the witch and the baba yaga how readily the name of either of the two may be transferred to the other but there is one class of stories in which the vedma is represented as differing from the baba yaga in so far as she is the offspring of parents who are not in any way supernatural or inhuman without any apparent cause for her abnormal conduct the daughter of an ordinary royal house will suddenly begin to destroy and devour all living things which fall in her way her strength developing as rapidly as her appetite of such a nature to be accounted for only on the supposition that an evil spirit has taken up its abode in the human body is the witch who appears in the somewhat incomprehensible story that follows THE WITCH AND THE SON'S SISTER In a certain far-off country there once lived a king and queen, and they had an only son, Prince Ivan, who was dumb from his birth. One day, when he was twelve years old, he went into the stable to see a groom who was a great friend of his. That groom always used to tell him tales, Skazki, and on this occasion Prince Ivan went to him, expecting to hear some stories. skazochki, but that wasn't what he heard. Prince Ivan, said the groom, your mother will soon have a daughter, and you a sister. She will be a terrible witch, and she will eat up her father and her mother and all their subjects. So go and ask your father for the best horse he has, as if you wanted a gallop, and then, if you want to be out of harm's way, "'Ride right away, whithersoever your eyes guide you.' Prince Ivan ran off to his father and, for the first time in his life, began speaking to him. At that the king was so delighted that he never thought of asking what he wanted the good steed for, but immediately ordered the very best horse he had in his stud to be saddled for the prince. Prince Ivan mounted and rode off without caring where he went. Long, long did he ride. At length he came to where two old women were sewing and he begged them to let him live with them. They said, "'Gladly would we do so, Prince Ivan, only we have now but a short time to live. As soon as we have broken that trunk full of needles and used up that trunk full of thread, that instant will death arrive.' Prince Ivan burst into tears and rode on. Long did he ride. At length he came to where the giant— was and he besought him saying take me to live with you gladly would i have taken you prince ivan replied the giant but now i have very little longer to live as soon as i have pulled up all these trees by the roots instantly will come my death more bitterly did the prince weep as he rode farther and farther on by and by he came to where the giant Vertigur was and made the same request to him, but he replied, "'Grodly would I have taken you, Prince Ivan, but I myself have very little longer to live. I am set here, you know, to level mountains. The moment I have settled matters with these, you see, remaining, then will my death come.' Prince Ivan burst into a flood of bitter tears and rode on still farther long long did he ride at last he came to the dwelling of the sun's sister she received him into her great house gave him food and drink and treated him just as if he had been her own son the prince now led an easy life but it was all no use he couldn't help being miserable he longed so to know what was going on at home he often went to the top of a high mountain, and thence gazed at the palace in which he used to live, and he could see that it was all eaten away. Nothing but the bare walls remained. Then he would sigh and weep. Once, when he returned after he had been thus looking and crying, the sun's sister asked him, "'What makes your eyes so red to-day, Prince Ivan?' "'The wind has been blowing in them,' said he. The same thing happened a second time.' then the son's sister ordered the wind to stop blowing after a third time did prince ivan come back with a blubbered face this time there was no help for it he had to confess everything and then he took to entreating the son's sister to let him go that he might satisfy himself about his old home she would not let him go but he went on urgently entreating so at last he persuaded her and she let him go away to find out about his home but first she provided him for the journey with a brush, a comb, and two youth-giving apples. However old anyone might be, let him eat one of these apples, and he would grow young again in an instant. Well, Prince Ivan came to where Vertogor was. There was only just one mountain left. He took out his brush and cast it down on the open plain. Immediately there rose out of the earth, goodness knows whence, high ever so high mountains their peaks touching the sky and the number of them was such that there were more than the eye could see vjertogor rejoiced greatly and blithely recommenced his work after a time prince ivan came to where Verdodub was and found that there were only three trees remaining so he took the comb and flung it into the open plain immediately from somewhere or other there came a sound of trees, and forth from the ground arose dense oak forests, each stem more huge than the other. Vyartadub was delighted, thanked the prince, and set to work uprooting the ancient oaks. By and by Prince Ivan reached the old women and gave each of them an apple. They ate them, and straightway became young again. So they gave him a handkerchief, you only had to wave it, and behind you lay a whole lake. At last Prince Ivan arrived home. Out came running his sister to meet him, caressed him fondly. "'Sit thee down, my brother,' she said. "'Play a tune on the lute, while I go and get dinner ready.' The prince sat down and strummed away on the lute, Gusli, and there crept a mouse out of a hole and said to him in a human voice, "'Save yourself, Prince!' "'Run away quick! Your sister has gone to sharpen her teeth!' Prince Ivan fled from the room, jumped on his horse, and galloped away. Meantime the mouse kept running over the strings of the lute. They twanged, and the sister never guessed that her brother was off. When she had sharpened her teeth, she burst into the room. Lo and behold, not a soul was there, nothing but the mouse bolting into its hole. The witch waxed wroth, ground her teeth like anything— and set off in pursuit. Prince Ivan heard a loud noise and looked back. There was his sister chasing him. So he waved his handkerchief, and a deep lake lay behind him. While the witch was swimming across the water, Prince Ivan got a long way ahead. But on she came, faster than ever, and now she was close at hand. Vyartadab guessed that the prince was trying to escape from his sister, So he began tearing up oaks and strewing them across the road. A regular mountain did he pile up. There was no passing by for the witch. So she set to work to clear the way. She gnawed and gnawed, and at length contrived by hard work to bore her way through. But by this time Prince Ivan was far ahead. On she dashed in pursuit, chased and chased, just a little more, and it would be impossible for him to escape. But Vertegor spied the witch and laid hold of the very highest of all the mountains, pitched it down all of a heap on the road, and flung another mountain right on top of it. While the witch was climbing and climbing, Prince Ivan rode and rode and found himself a long way ahead. At last the witch got across the mountain, and once more set off in pursuit of her brother. By and by she caught sight of him and exclaimed, you shan't get away from me this time. And now she is close. Now she is just going to catch him. But at that moment Prince Ivan dashed up to the abode of the son's sister and cried, "'Son, son, open the window!' The son's sister opened the window, and the prince bounded through it, horse and all. Then the witch began to ask that her brother might be given up to her for punishment. The son's sister would not listen to her, nor would she give him up, then the witch said, Let Prince Ivan be weighed against me, to see which is the heavier. If I am, then I will eat him, but if he is, then let him kill me. This was done. Prince Ivan was the first to get into one of the scales, then the witch began to get into the other, but no sooner had she set foot in it than upshot Prince Ivan in the air, and that with such force that he flew right up into the sky and into the chamber of the sun's sister. But as for the witch-snake, she remained down below the earth. As an illustration of the story, Afanasyev, P.V.S. 3, 272, quotes a little Russian Skazka, in which a man who is seeking the isle in which there is no death, meets with various personages, like those with whom the prince at first wished to stay on his journey, and at last takes up his abode with the moon death comes in search of him after a hundred years or so have elapsed and engages in a struggle with the moon the result of which is that the man is caught up into the sky and there shines thenceforth as a star near the moon the sun's sister is a mythical being who is often mentioned in the popular poetry of the south slavonians a servian song represents a beautiful maiden with arms of silver up to the elbows sitting on a silver throne which floats on water a suitor comes to woo her she waxes wroth and cries whom wishes he to woo the sister of the sun the cousin of the moon the adopted sister of the dawn then she flings down three golden apples which the marriage proposers attempt to catch but three lightnings flash from the sky and kill the suitor and his friends in another servian song a girl cries to the sun o brilliant sun i am fairer than thou than thy brother the bright moon than my sister the moving star venus in south slavonian poetry the sun often figures as a radiant youth but among the northern slavonians as well as the lithuanians the sun was regarded as a female being the bride of the moon thou askest me of what race of what family i am says the fair maiden of a song preserved in the Tambov government my mother is the beauteous sun and my father the bright moon my brothers are the many stars and my sisters the white dawns a far more detailed account might be given of the witch and her near relation to the baba yaga as well as those masculine embodiments of that evil spirit which is personified in them the snake koshchei and other similar beings but the stories which have been quoted will suffice to give at least a general idea of their moral and physical attributes we will now turn from their forms so constantly introduced into the skazka drama to some of the supernatural figures which are not so often brought upon the stage to those mythical beings of whom numerous as may be the traditions about them the regular story does not so often speak to such personifications of abstract ideas as are less frequently employed to set its conventional machinery in motion end of chapter 2 recording by kevin davidson www.blogordie.com